Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey guys, we are back. The MVM show in progress right now, and I got a special guest, Matt Lee from High Prairie Sportsman. What's going on? What's up, man? How you been doing? Oh, missing duck season. You know how it goes. <laughs> We've been crying tears of sadness ever since. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, but the good news is for uh, myself and yourself is that uh, turkey season's coming up very soon. Oh yeah, I'm I'm already counting down the days to that now. When when does your guys' season open? Uh, our archery season opens in, I think it's about two and a half, three weeks, something like that, into March. And then the shotgun season opens up about the middle of April. Oh, really? So you guys are a little, little later than us for the shotgun part. The bummer is our archery season doesn't even open up early. It just goes longer, which doesn't really uh, <laughs> doesn't really make sense, though, because you know they're shot up already. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But, okay, well, um, I've been, myself personally, I just got back from the gym doing legs, trying to get my legs in shape for uh, turkey season, climbing up these hills out here. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, glad to have you on, Matt, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your tips. Uh, as everyone probably well knows, I am not a... I am a major turkey novice. I do not have hardly any experience. So, and it's it's actually creating a lot of fun for me. You know, it's it's making something new and fresh that I haven't done, and and I like to learn. I like to try to get in there and figure things out. So to hear from you and others around me, I'm uh, really opening my ears, and I'm uh, excited about what you're going to tell us about today. Yeah, it's in you know, the turkey hunting. Um, I've been doing it since I was of legal age to turkey hunt, and I kind of got away from it for a few years. Just, you know, I, I don't know, just didn't really trip my trigger. But the last couple of years, I really got back into it, and, you know, I, I probably am just as passionate about it now as I am duck hunting. Oh, that's that's pretty – that's so serious. That's We know how serious <laughs> that can be, so yeah, <laughs> better, be, better yeah. be careful, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is, you know, you don't have to buy as many decoys and stuff. For That's, true. That's true. That's so. <laughs> true. I don't see myself diving in as bad as far as gear, but I am a pretty bad gearhead. I, I will admit, I'm. Everybody knows me. I'm horrible at the new stuff. So, anyways, but um, okay. So, um, my season just kind of go over this first, and we'll jump in. We're gonna talk today about the top turkey hunting tips, and appreciate Matt for taking the time to get this together and put the list together. But um, our season opens uh, March 28th um, for shotgun, balance of the state, which is what we're in. for. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the junior 
Um, season opens a weekend before that, just the Saturday and Sunday. So hopefully, guys, we'll have turkey videos coming out for you. If you're interested, you can check out our YouTube channel, Mid-Valley Mercenaries. Also, check out my good buddy that's with me today, Matt, from High Prairie Sportsman. Just uh, type it up in YouTube or Google, and uh, you'll find his channel. And guys, go give him a subscribe to the channel. And um, he's got awesome stuff and tips on there on his videos and, and turkey hunts and all that good stuff. So check him out. Also, you're on uh, Facebook and Instagram too, Matt? Yep, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but I don't really do much on the Twitter. So. Okay, and where, where can they f- – just High Prairie Sportsman on both those platforms? Yeah, yeah, High Prairie Sportsman on all that. Perfect. Okay, well, I guess let's let's hit it, Matt. And if I got any questions, I will jump in just for the sake of being a novice and not knowing. All right, yeah. So these are the top turkey hunting tips, um, probably more geared toward beginners, but you know they'll help. They, they help everyone out. So the top tip, uh, and this is no different than any type of hunting, is scouting. Go out and scout, and what you're looking for when you're turkey hunting is you want to find a couple specific areas. You want to find the roost, which is where they go to bed, basically. Uh, you want to find staging areas where they kind of go around and they strut and, you know, puff and pull their feathers, chase hens, stuff like that. And you also want to find feeding areas. And the staging areas and feeding areas can be the same place. Kind of just depends on what area in the country you are, and your terrain, stuff like that. Okay. So are you saying as far as staging areas, is that kind of, that's basically talking about the roost or do they kind of have somewhere they like to set up when they feed? It, kind of- no, it. The, so the staging area is kind of like where they do their breeding displays where they, you know, they oh. puff off all their fans and, mm-hmm. and they can do that around the roost. But typically, at least here in Nebraska, it's more like a uh, pasture or a cornfield or bean field. Some, you know, kind of just shorter grass stuff out in the open mm-hmm. is where it typically happens. Um, so, you know, what a typical day in a turkey is they'll come down from the roost, usually about sunrise maybe a little before sunrise well yeah it's it's a little bit before sunrise and then they'll just kind of hang out for a little bit underneath the roost and then they'll all group together and walk one way or the other to their staging area feeding area Mm. and then you know they'll go from a feeding area to another staging area during the day and then back to the roost so that's you know they kind of keep their pattern unless something bumps them and makes them change that Mm. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find out that pattern, you can put yourself in between the turkeys and, you know, where they're coming from and where they're going, and then you're going to have the best luck. Okay, so I don't think I'm jumping ahead because I looked down through it. As far as feed, what 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 are they feeding on? Uh, they'll feed on grains. Um, I, I know a lot of farmers out here, you'll hear them complain in the springtime because they'll follow just like a plant or row of corn and they'll pick the corn out or the wheat. Uh, they'll also feed on bugs and even, you know, later in the year, they'll feed on snakes and stuff. Mm, they're kind of, wow. they're kind of just, yeah. Like a big chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically <laughs> a big chicken. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So how you want to find these, find the roost, finding the roost is probably the most important part. If you can, um, I know, realize if you're hunting public in some areas that can be difficult, but the easiest way to probably do it is to go out in the morning fairly early or late in the evening and just make an owl hoot and turkeys and owls hate each other. And that'll cause the tro- <clears throat> that'll cause the toms to gobble. So that's a good, you'll have a good idea of where, at least you can hear where the roost is. And then if you can kind of, you know, 
look at maps and pinpoint exactly where it is. Hmm. So the the hens won't make any noise. It's just straight up the jakes or the toms or just the toms or what? The toms and jakes will gobble. The hens, I mean, you'll you'll hear them. You can hear them calling. If it's like a really quiet morning and you're not too far from the roost, you can hear them talking. Uh, but the the gobble travels a lot further. Gotcha. Okay. And I mean, you can, and right now is a perfect time to go find the roost or find an old roost. You can go and just go out walking. And what you're looking for is generally tall trees that a turkey's going to, you know, they like to roost in like a, a big group, like a, I guess a flock, you could call it. And they'll, so you just want tall trees. So like in Nebraska, cottonwoods, walnut, um, oak trees, stuff like that. Okay. Now, in your neck of the woods, you probably got a lot of pines, I would guess. Titus, is that right? You know what? Where I've, where I've hunted, and this, like I said, this ain't saying much because I've only been doing it for a couple years, and even in that couple years, I've only been on probably, man, I bet you, dude, I've only been on like four or five hunts, honestly. But when we went out, they were in big oak tree. Um, I'm sorry. Some were in oak trees, and then there were some other kind of goofy trees mixed in because it's kind of in the foothills. Okay. So yeah, well, I, I from one of my hunts, I remember it was a very big tree, and there was about six in there. Yeah, just I mean, just really any big tree, they're gonna could be a potential roost site. Mm-hmm. And so if you find an area where there's a lot of trees, just go walk underneath them, and you should be able to find some scat, maybe some tracks or some feathers. You know, just mm-hmm. any kind of turkey sign will give you an indication as if it's being used currently. Gotcha. Okay. But that's that's pretty much it for scouting. Um, you know, find the roost, find where they're going and where they're coming from, and just set up between that, you know, one of those locations. Gotcha. Okay. So the next tip, and this is, I mean, pretty much gun safety, hunter safety, is know your target. And there's a little bit more to that for turkeys. Um, so you first off, you want to know the difference between the toms, the jakes, and the hens. Mm-hmm. The toms and the jakes are the male turkey, the hens, obviously the female turkey. So typically the jakes and the toms are going to have a beard on the front of their chest. The jakes will be really short and stick out. It'll be two inches, maybe three inches or less. Whereas the toms, they're just an older, you know, the jakes are like a yearling. And then as they get older, their beard gets bigger. Is there, you, is there a definition there, Matt, on when, when they become a tom? Like, are you, is there a length of the beard? Uh, usually what I, what I've always gone by is if it sticks straight out, we refer to those as Jake's. If it's hanging down, that's a Tom. Okay. Now the length of the beard, obviously the older the bird, um, and the, the spurs will kind of dictate the age too. But another good way is if they're fully strutted, they got their tail feathers up, look at the tail feathers. If they're all even, that's going to be a Tom. That's a mature Tom Turkey. If they're, back if like the middle two tail feathers are an inch or two above the rest of the fan that's uh, a young that's a jake okay so that's, that's one way to to distinguish it that seems like a really good way to distinguish it yeah Pretty obvious yeah especially from a distance if you can't see the beard is as good gotcha okay um so toms and jakes their heads are going to be like red white and blue like a lot brighter colored than the hens hens are going to be a little more drab colored uh Hens can actually have beards. There, there are some cases where a hen will have beards, and in those cases, you can shoot that hen. 
Really? Uh, at least in Nebraska. Okay. I, I don't okay. want to say for any other state, but right. bearded hens are on the table in Nebraska. Hmm. Okay. Wow, that's so it, interesting. It, yeah, I, it's just kind of, you know, making sure that it's, it's you know, it's a, a turkey that you want to shoot, whether, you know, if you're going for a big tom or a jake, that's up to you. But make sure you don't shoot hens, especially in the spring season, because they're closed ex- with the exception for bearded hens. Okay. And then, then there's the issue of when to shoot, and you can you can shoot them head on, like when so when they're fully strutted, the tom and the jake's heads are going to be kind of tucked into their body more, and if they're head on, you can shoot them there, no problem. It, but what I like to do, and what a lot of people recommend, is to get them to look up, so get them to break strut and have them stick their head up, so then you have a bigger you know bigger target area for your mm. pattern. So is there a way to do that, Matt? Get them to put their head up? Or are you just kind of waiting for them to do that? No. Um, you know, you get a big old Tom coming into your decoy, and uh, he might not break strut. He might just, you know, he'd be all puffed up, ready to impress that decoy. Uh, so what you do is you just get on your call and you just make some little, you know, little cuts. Uh, I use my mouth. I just go, something like that. And that's usually enough to get them to stick their head up. Really? And that was with your mouth? Yeah. If you actually, if you watch my turkey hunt videos, you can tell when I'm about to shoot because I, I do that in both of them from the last year. Well, I didn't know. I didn't, I don't think I realized that you were doing that with your mouth. I, I watched the last year's videos. That's yeah. funny. So you yeah, do that you, right I mean, there. Yep. Cause you, you've got, you know, you can't really mess with your box call when you got, yeah. uh, got the gun in your hand. So hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I do. That's a great tip. Good idea. So then you, uh, so obviously if you don't have any other chance, you'll, you'll do it the other way, but that is the goal is to get their head up. Yeah. I mean, and you, you can shoot them the other way. It's, uh, it's just about getting more BBs in the head, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much. Okay. Where do you aim at? Or am I jumping ahead here? If I'm jumping ahead, let's hold off. No, that, I mean, that kind of blends into the next one, but that's fine. Uh, so where you aim when they have their head sticking up or even when it's down is about where the skin meets the feathers. Oh, so really? That low? Picture, yeah. Okay. So like the bottom, like that, you know, they'll have those big old whatever sacks of, I don't know yep. what they are, but big red ball things yep. on their head. <laughs> There's no good way to describe that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, look at a picture of a turkey. You can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, you want to aim about, you know, put your bead right there because if you put it right on the head and you get too excited or you flinch or something, where's your gun usually go? Up, yeah. It goes up. So you do that for two reasons. Your pattern's going to be centered right on the head neck area where, the, you know, there's arteries and the brain and all that. And if you flinch, you still have a head shot. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that makes sense. Okay. Perfect, perfect sense. So right where the feathers and the neck meet. Yep. Okay. Good to know. And so I guess since we're already talking about guns and ammo, that's the third point is all about the guns and ammo. The first thing you want to do, you know, before you go out turkey hunting, and Titus, I know you do a lot of this, is pattern your gun. A lot of people don't do that. It's just like taking a a rifle out deer hunting without sighting it in. You know, you want to make sure you know what that pattern is. I, I mean... You should be doing it for whatever, but I, you know what? Hunting. 
I was one of those guys. I say it all the time. I was one of those guys that th- thought that was pointless. But I, I guess more so, I thought that for duck hunting. But turkey hunting, even which now I don't think that way at all. Trust me, like you said, I've done all those videos. But I'm getting ready to do actually a couple more videos for these turkey loads that I'm about to get. But um, anyways, yes, for turkey, even more so is just the fact of man. I want you want it pretty tight, right? Like you want it, you want it dug in. Yeah, Good tight pattern. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're not shooting them on. You're not shooting them flying like you're ducks or geese mm-hmm. so you don't need as open of a pattern uh that's why uh you know they use elliot's favorite choke the fold choke <laughs> i've just gotta gotta put mm-hmm. some fun have to or <laughs> or extra full and they even have specific turkey chokes they're about the same thing you know the the effective range is shoot i've seen some guys say out to 80 yards i would definitely recommend against shooting turkeys at that far yeah, I mean, I've heard the same yeah. thing too, and I'm like, I don't know. I guess because my mind's so stuck on it being a shotgun, I'm thinking there's no way. I mean, no, that's I mean, a long it, ways. I know they do it. It just sounds yeah. crazy. It it constricts the pattern so much. That's crazy. And like they said, you know, some guys do that, but I would highly recommend against doing it. And you know, I I always like to work the birds in close. I don't care if it's ducks, geese, turkeys, mm-hmm. whatever. I like to get them in tight. That's just part, you know, that's part of the experience. Right, right. It's really fun to get them in, especially if you're just like leaning up against a tree and you have a tom at 20 yards, 15 yards. That's that you know, nothing gets your adrenaline pumping. Oh man. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. So I would I would be, you know, I'm on the side 35 yards is probably my maximum for turkeys. That's that's just me. Mhm. But, you know, pattern your gun at those different ranges and then shoot what you feel comfortable at. That's- Let's backtrack, Matt, just for a second real quick. Okay. Okay. Only reason I'm asking this because I have a little bit of interest in it and I thought about maybe getting into this year. I might not, though. But if I was hunting with a bow, where would I be aiming at if I was doing archery? With a bow. Well, you more going for depends. the heart, kind of in the body? You can it, it uh, with a bow. It depends on what you're using for a, like a point on your mm-hmm, arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have those things. Though just one example is a guillotine, mm-hmm. and it's like a it looks like a plus sign, like a big plus sign. And I think they're like three inch by three inch, like razor blades. I think they shoot and those it, for ducks too, don't they? Those kind of when guys do actually do that are brave enough i don't know i haven't i haven't seen a video like that <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to send you tim tim wells has some pretty cool videos like that okay yeah i'm looking forward to that but <laughs> like the, the guillotine for turkeys you shoot them right in the head neck area and it almost decapitates them or can like if you, you can look it up on youtube or whatever and there's videos of it it's it's crazy mm-hmm. so it, it really depends on what point you use mm-hmm. a lot of them you know some depending on the I can't think of the other name for the other point just shows you how big of archery hunter I am, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you might, you might be, uh, you're going to be aiming for the body a lot more. Okay. Just aiming to throw it out there. There is some guys that yeah. do archery. So just out of curiosity's sake. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big archery hunter. Mm-hmm. I shoot carp. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Just curious. So, so we're sorry, back to patterning. So we pattern uh, uh, talking about chokes. Um, are you using an aftermarket? full choke for turkey or what do you got going on 
Well, that that's a good question. I'm actually so this year I'm getting three turkey tags personally, and I've got a couple different chokes. Um, I've got a they call it a long range choke for my 12 gauge, and that's what I shot both my turkeys with last year, and it's about the equivalent of a full choke, but it's rated for steel. But I just use it as a turkey choke. Gotcha. So the the pat, you know. It, it, it messes with the pattern a little bit going from lead to steel, but it's still tight enough for turkeys, especially how I hunt. You guys can still shoot lead, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Lead is completely gone now. That's the... Uh, Which, really, with tungsten and all that stuff, it's fine. It's just now you're paying a lot more, but, I mean, it's deadly. I, I Don't get me wrong on that, but, yeah. So, yeah, you're yeah. still shooting lead. Okay. Yeah, so you know we we have a few more options than you guys in California do, um, and then you know with my twenty. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to shoot one with three different guns. I'm going to try a turkey with three different guns. So uh, my twenty gauge, I'm I've got an actual turkey choke in there aftermarket. I think it's a Carlson's. I I want to say it's a Carlson's. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then my 28 gauge it just came with a factory. Oh, sorry, dog. So, That's a nice yeah. gun. Yep. And so you're going to try shooting with that? Yep. That'll be awesome. Gonna, yeah. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. That'll be fun. I can't wait to see that video. It's, it should be fun. If I can, yeah, if I don't miss and look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to try with the 20 gauge, a 28 gauge, and then what, you're 12 or what? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. My dad, he's taking it up a step further. He's going, he's going muzzle loader like an old fashioned low drone shot, black powder, muzzle loader shotgun. Whoa! And then a four ten. Oh wow! He's so, trying to make you look bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You gonna try to yes. get those on video too? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. See, he's kind of in a different neck of the woods than you, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yep. But so, uh, as I guess we, we kind of hit on a little bit, but for shot, you know, for what sh- shotgun shell to shoot, uh, five shot leads, my go-to, you can get specific Turkey loads and, uh, you know, five shot lead, honestly, just three inch lead or something. I've never had any, you know, issues with it, but now we're, you know, like what you were just saying in California, you guys got to go bismuth or tungsten or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I talked to those guys that have shot over there, and they were telling me, you know, you don't even have to buy their top end because, I mean, they got some stuff that's insane expensive. But, I mean, I know a lot of other brands do too. But they had a, I think it's called Magnum Blend, and it's like it's a mix of four, five, and six all together. It's a blend. And okay. he's like, he goes, that's our almost our cheapest. And he goes, really? that He goes, that's what I use. And it's one of the main guys, the director of operations that uses that. And he said, it works great. So, that's probably what I'll use this season. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how. I mean, you could kill them with steel, but having something a little, you know, denser, a little more, carries a little more power behind it would probably be better. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you shoot them low, accidentally shoot them lower or something, too. Yeah, I think these were bismuth. So, yeah, that density yeah. is definitely <laughs> going to help for sure. Yep. That definitely, definitely helps. Uh, okay, where are we at here? Concealment? Concealment, yes. Okay, so just like in duck hunting, 
and goose hunting concealment is very important. I would say it's even more so in turkey hunting because these these birds they have you know they can they can see you and they have pretty good hearing too but their their eyesight is like you know none other they can pick out movement just like nothing so you definitely want to be able to 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 hide really good mm. now probably the easiest way that i found and it's probably my favorite well I, i'd say it's my favorite way cuz it makes it a lot easier to film is using a ground blind. Mm -hmm. A ground blind works great um, uh, because, you know, they don't care if there's a black opening. And as long as you're not moving in front of the opening, you can kind of move around, move your call, uh, get your gun up a lot easier than if you're just sitting under a tree or something. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, 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 I got a ground blind for the first time last year, and I swear by it. I it's awesome. So, and and those are so light, right, and quick to set up. I mean, is that something like, say, for us, we're walking, we may walk a mile or two or three miles maybe back in or just trying to find the birds. Um, I'm just saying there's probably, those are kind of something you could carry around on your backpack. Couldn't you, that pop-up quick kind of deal or no? Oh, yeah. No, mine, the one I got, it's, I mean, it's a light one. Uh, you know, it pops up and everything. I bet it only weighs 15, 20 pounds maybe. Oh, wow. So it wouldn't be nothing to – and it has like a sling, so you could just throw it on your back. Hmm. Yeah, because I've, I've hunted out of those, and I'm like, oh, this is the way to go because, like you said, they're not they, – you can move a lot more and not be noticed. So, yeah, yeah. I could see – yeah. coming And then from you, someone with all that experience saying that's your best thing, then that's just kind of obvious. Yeah, and like – I don't know what it is about them, but like I, you know, I set them up in the middle of a field and they don't, it's like, they don't see it. Hmm. it it's crazy. But uh, ground blind would be my first, you know, if you, if you have the, the means to purchase one or, you know, someone that will let you borrow one, I would go with a ground blind. Uh, if you don't, there's nothing wrong with hiding under a tree. Uh, you know, I did that for years and it's, it's a fun way to do it. But when you're trying to film your hunts, it's a lot tougher. <laughs> right, right. So that's that's kind of one of the reasons I, I went to the ground blind. But the hiding under the tree, you know, uh, or just lean up against a tree or, you know, some guys will lay in like a little depression and lay prone, have like a turkey fan on the end of their shotgun. That's mm. another. Uh, there's a name for that. I can't remember what that's called. That's not the scoot and shoot, is it? I think it is. It is. Okay. I wanted to try that out this year, actually. It looks pretty cool, but I know what you're talking about on the end of the gun. I, I don't know if that is the right one, but. Yeah. And you can actually, um, if you get a turkey, you can make your own scoot and shoot fan kind of deal. Yeah. Pretty easy. Save some money. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I think the ones they sell are, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks or something. So you got me convinced to get a. Um, <clears throat> A ground blind now because like you said trying to video that's uh, man how do you do it because i mean all your gear is black or shiny it's, i don't know it seems like it would be really tough i from what i'd seen last year hunt and i was like this is gonna be really tough for them not to see me yeah basically the only way to do it if you're hiding under a tree is to either have someone way back with a really good camera filming you or have a gopro on running the whole time you're sitting there gotcha which, we know that unless it's a really quick turkey hunt, that's not going to work. Right, right. 
Okay. So, so if if you don't have ground blind and you're stuck with sitting under the trees or scoot and shoot, you definitely want your camo to be, you know, really good. And it doesn't have to, I'm not saying go out and buy Sitka or anything mm-hmm. like that. Just, mm-hmm. just have some decent camo, something kind of gray or brown and a lot of green. Cause you're going to, I mean, there's, there's fresh vegetation typically when turkey hunting mm-hmm. and you definitely want to have your face and hands covered because you know, your, your skin just shines. So you want to have some light camo gloves and a face mask or face paint and don't move there. I can't tell you how many times I've been turkey hunting and I've taken people out with me and, you know, either I don't see them or someone else, the other person with me moves and there's a turkey that was coming in quiet. And then all of a sudden you just hear him putting away. Mm. It, uh, it, it's a learning experience and it's frustrating when that happens. I, you know, it's hard, you know, it's your nose will itch or you feel a tick <laughs> on you or something. Yep. You yep. just got to fight it. Take, gotta fight it. Go pee before you sit down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Get, get all your itches, scratches out, whatever. <laughs> so, all right. So the next one is calls. And Titus, just out of curiosity, which call do you use? Believe it or not, I'm so rookie that I don't even have one yet. Um, I was going with Talon, and uh, he was using the – actually, I'll tell you this. I believe – now, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but Dead End Game Calls, I think they're sending me some calls. I don't know if they're they're sending me – I know they're sending me calls. I just don't know if it's turkey because I know they're sending me duck and goose. Maybe he snuck a, a turkey or two call in there. But I'll be honest with you right now, just say this. I can't hardly do those reads. They make me gag. Okay. And that's, that's, that's a good uh, – I guess – so there's four main types of calls. I was just kind of out of curiosity there, but – there's four main types of calls. The one you're talking about now is the mouth or diaphragm call. Mm-hmm. And they're just a little piece of plastic, like a half circle that you put in your mouth. And they take some getting used to. I've, I've never been able to master them either. And I don't, I don't like them, but uh, there's a slate call. And that's just the, it's like, just, I don't even know, like a piece of chalkboard, I guess I would compare mm-hmm. it to mm-hmm. with a little stick. And you just, rub on that and it'll make you get your purrs and your yelps and cuts out. Like basically all your calls are going to be imitating the hen Turkey. There's you, some gobbling ones out there, but mainly they're all going to be the, the hen Turkey. Do you have your calls on you by any chance? Uh, do you have a slate uh, yeah. call by you? I don't have a slate call. I actually only use one Turkey call. Oh, uh, okay. I can go bear with me. I'll go grab it here real quick. Okay. What do you use? A box? Yeah, I use a box call. Okay. okay. And, and you can do your person stuff like that with the box call? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So di- whenever you get it set, you have to demonstrate a purr on a box call. All right. Yeah. So my dad actually makes box calls mm. just as a hobby. Okay. So but that's that's what I use. So I got her. We'll see how this works with this microphone. So. And that's just, that's just cuts. Okay. Um, a purr is just, it's like, let's see if I can do it. Need to chalk it a little bit. That's that's a kind of a terrible example of a purr. 
Because it, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a broken up little deal, right? It's, it's just like a low, slow call, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's just a really soft call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually, you know, what I like to do is I'll get a couple purrs, and then you'll just break into a cut. And then that usually will get them to gobble Okay. if they're in the mood. Um, and, call, you know, call, every, calling strategy is going to vary depending where you are and on a ton of factors. Honestly, where I hunt in eastern Nebraska, I don't – I'll call to get them in sight line. And then once I see them, I don't talk to them. Mm. Um, at least on one farm because the coyotes are so bad. They, they kind of just, they don't talk they, it, hmm. just to stay safe from the coyotes. So you're kind of, you, you're kind of imitating what they're doing. If they're not calling, you're not calling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like duck hunting, just like goose hunting. You know, you read the birds. Okay. Um, and you can listen if you, I mean, if you find the roost and you're set up not too far from the roost, you can kind of hear what the hens, how, you know, how they sound, just sound like that. The biggest piece of advice I think I would give though, is don't overcall. You know, people do it duck hunting, goose hunting, mm-hmm. they do it in turkey hunting too. You, you just don't, you know, just do your, do your cuts, do your yelps or whatever. And just, just leave it for about five minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get a response, try again. But a lot of times, and it depends on, you know, it depends on so many things as to where, if you're going to get a response, um, you know, I've had times where you'll call and call and call and you don't think anything's coming. You get up to leave and there's a turkey not, you know, 20 yards away from you and you didn't even see because they're just quiet because it's like midday or, hmm. uh, you know, there's like, all the predators or something. It, it's really variable on where you're hunting, but that, that's just a really basic calling. And you, you had, you had the Turkey call guru on last week, if I remember right. Yeah, he, he's really good. He says he's not, but he's really good. He, he didn't do no calling on that video, but he, um, he did some calling on our podcast last year and I was, he, he's pretty good. I think he is. I mean, what do I know? But like, I think he's really good. Sounds like a, Sounds like one. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm not, I don't claim to be a professional turkey caller or duck caller or anything like that. Yeah. It's, right. Same here. Um, same here. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? We, we can get the basics done and get her done. That's, that's yeah. uh, what matters. Honestly, people focus too much on calling in all, in both waterfowl and turkey. Honey, I agree. I, I agree. It's, yeah. It just, just like you said, learn the basics, get that down. And more than likely, you're gonna have some luck. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, let's see. That was that was the box call I just used. So that we had the we had mouth call, slate call, box call. Box call is obviously just like a wooden box, and you just has a little lever on top that you move, and it makes those sounds. And then the last one is the push button, and it's just like one little. It's kind of like a box call, but it has a button instead of a lever, and that makes the similar turkey hen turkey sounds. But that's you know that's pretty much it for for the types of calls and there's there's calling demos on there. But honestly, the best best advice I could give anyone for how to call turkeys is just go out in nature and listen 
And, you know, if, if you're up hunting and you see hens and you see Tom, just listen how they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what you don't want to do is make a putt noise, though, because that, that, uh, <laughs> that's not good. That, that means the turkeys are scared. Okay. I'll n- noted. <laughs> yeah. So, so don't do that. But other than that, uh, you know, that's, that's really, really generic run. I mean, we could talk forever for hours now, huh? just on yeah. calling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we get to decoys. Decoys, um, you know, just like ducks, geese, gotta, well, you know, I guess you don't have to have decoys. There's some places that don't actually use decoys. They rely on their calling hmm. because it's so thick. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So like really thick timber, thick woods or whatever. And I've never hunted anywhere like that. I'm just talking to some other viewers and stuff. They, they told me that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. So uh, what I use for decoys, I've seen some people use as many as 12 decoys. Wow. That is way too many in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, all I use is my one, my one hen decoy typically. And you don't have to get anything special. I just, mine came from Walmart. It's a flex tone. I think it was like 30 bucks and you don't even need to get them that expensive. You know, you can get them for 10 bucks at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really what's within your budget and what, what you want, I guess. Uh, but so a couple things with the decoys, you know, get a hen decoy at the very least, I would say, because your, most of your calls are going to be hen calls. So you got, you know, you want to have something for them to see that's making, you know, a, a Tom's not going to be making the same calls as a hen. Okay. So, let me ask you this though. And I was at the store, I was at Sportsman's Warehouse the other day and I, I was looking at all the decoys and I saw the fan of the Tom you know, a Tom decoy and the fan, you could buy the fan. I saw Jake decoys and I saw the hen decoys and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Is one good for the spring and one's good for the fall? Or like, why would I buy, why would I buy a Jake unless, are you trying to make, like you said, someone that's making like four or five, six or 12 decoys out there's kind of trying to create like a group? Well, I mean, what would be, you know? So it, at least, and now granted, take all this with a grain of salt because it's all just based on Nebraska hunting. I haven't hunted all across the country for turkeys, so I don't know how they're all, you know, this is just turkeys in Nebraska. But uh, the, the Tom and Jake decoys will work. It's very situation dependent. And like my dad and I, we have some Tom and Jake decoys as well as hen decoys that we share. I don't really use them too often. So the Jake decoy if you got a hen out there and you put a Jake decoy out there, basically what you're trying to do is get a Tom angry. You're trying to trying to put a Tom and he, you know, cause he doesn't want that Jake cutting in on his hen. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's kind of an aggressive uh, aggression tactic for the, for the Jake. And it's kind of the same thing with the Toms. If you have like a fanned out Tom decoy or two Tom decoys and a hen or two hens and a Tom, fanned out, you know, that, that Tom's going to get all mad and think someone's cutting in usually. Mm-hmm. Now it, it can also work against you that the subordinate Tom's and the Jake's might see that decoy out there and they're going to give him a wide berth because they don't want to fight, you know, mm. just like little, little bucks in deer and stuff. Yeah. You know, the big bucks will take on the decoys whereas right. the little bucks sometimes will avoid them. Okay. So they can they can work. They can also work against you. It it's gonna depend kind of, and it, it depends on the time of 
not really the year. It's the time of the breeding season, so March through May in Nebraska. Um, you know, a single hen typically works throughout the whole breeding season. I've had plenty of plenty of luck with just a single hen, mm. no matter if it's in April or May. Okay. But uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, you're t- you're saying place off to the side to minimize the chance of being spotted, which totally makes yeah. sense. I mean, that's kind of like decoys too. Sometimes, like you know, duck hunting. I mean, not not obviously not as much, I'm sure, as turkey hunting. But I I get what you're saying there. So, yeah. So and yeah, this is more for the people like hiding under a tree. Okay. Uh, and I guess you know, kind of if you have a ground blind too, just in case you have any movement flash in your black hole you know, your shooting area or whatever, but mainly for people hiding, hiding under trees, hiding in the middle or whatever, you want them off to the side of where you're sitting and where you think the turkey's going to come. So they're focusing on that decoy and you might be able to get your gun up a little, you know, up on your knee or readjust if they're coming in a different way. You don't want them to look right at the decoy and you be right behind it. If you can help it, obviously, you know, turkeys are going to come in wherever turkeys come in, but if you know that pattern and that goes back to your scouting, if you know where they're coming or you know where they're going, you can kind of figure out, Hey, they're going to come this way. So put the decoy here. So they're not looking at me. They're looking at the decoy gotcha. and you're off to the side or something. Yeah. Okay. Is what, yeah. But that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Um, just starting out, I would say bare minimum, get a hen decoy, uh, and go from there. Okay. Okay. Remember to go grab one at Walmart and snag a hen. Sounds like. And what brand was that you said? I mean, I'm. Um, so I, I have the Flex Tone. Flex Tone, that's and, right. Yeah, and the hens that have seen her do not get happy. They actually, I have video. One of my videos, I had two hens come up and strut, which <laughs> I've never seen before. I mean, it happens, but not very often. And they, they, they were mad at her too. And so, (laughs) which might draw more attention for the toms, huh? Yeah, I mean, it brought three toms in within like twenty yards. So that that was pretty cool. And that it was like the I think it's the upright standing hen is the name of the decoy flexstone. Okay, if anyone once is interested in that, but well, me, uh, I'll put my hand up (laughs) because I actually, um, like I said, I don't have any calls. I don't have I don't have anything. So I was like bare bones gonna go out and like you said i know you don't have to have a ground blind but just for me obviously filming i think i'm gonna snag one of those a uh, cheap hen from walmart and i i guess maybe get a, a call from one of these guys or my buddy said he'd probably bring me one so i might do that but that would probably be what i need right i mean i could get yeah, away with all be, that right there yeah I, you, i'd say you'd be set okay. um another great thing for, with about a ground blind i kind of forgot this but it's perfect for kids. If you're taking a kid hunting, oh, yep. either to shoot or, you know, just to watch. Cause you know, kids, kids sit, can't sit still mm-hmm. like we can. Right. They're going to be moving around and everything. Put them in a the ground line. That's fine. They can, I mean, they can even play on their iPad or something until the Turkey shows up or, you know, yeah, whatever. But yeah. So throw that in there too. That's a great idea. I mean, too, cause I, you know, my girls can maybe go with me once or twice this, and that'd be a great way to, 
take them out there as long as I can keep them quiet. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, let me break in here before we go to the next point or the next tip, and which would be the last one from what it looks like, the seventh one. Um, guys, if you haven't, uh, just listening in, if you want to by any chance, if you want this on YouTube, we now have uh, the MVM show on YouTube. You guys can go subscribe if you would, if you want to. If that's something you like better, it just gives you guys another option. We're also on Stitcher, um, which I've noticed a lot more traffic now. People are starting to hear on the podcast that we're on Stitcher, so people are downloading on there. Also, Spotify, iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, please help us out and let us know if this is helping you. Um, Podcasts and episodes like this where we bring specialists on, people know that what they're talking about because uh, there's so much I have to learn <laughs> about turkey hunting. and I mean, just everything. I don't know everything about duck hunting either, it's, and it's just nice talking to other people and learning from them you know it just we all help each other out so check out those those platforms and um let us know what you think uh, write a review and leave us five stars on itunes if you can and matt take the last one away i guess all right so the last one and i guess it probably could be the first one for every hunt is yeah. safety you want to be extremely safe well all the time i guess but right. <laughs> uh turkey hunting you want to be super safe, especially if you're hunting public land. I will not hunt public land for turkeys. Just will not do it. Really? Because I have heard so many horror stories, and I know some guys that have had buddies that have gotten shot or shot at. I'm just not putting myself in that situation. And I realize some people don't have that luxury. Some people have to hunt public, and, you know, that's that's fine. I'm not saying it's terrible everywhere, but there are those people that, the risk nope. is there is what you're saying. It's the, there. The risk is there. That's a reality. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's idiots everywhere. Yeah. So that, and that's camo And you're camoing out. I mean, yeah, you're doing that duck hunt, but that's a, that's not even the same scenario. I This is, yeah. I could yeah, definitely. Duck hunting, yeah. Duck hunting, like, you know, you're shooting up typically. Mm-hmm. Turkey hunting, you know, people will go and shoot your decoy, especially if they're ultra realistic. Yeah. Yeah, that so, could be scary. Yeah, I've heard all kinds of stories, you know, guys stalking other, you know, other hunters because of the calls and they'll shoot their decoys or even guys getting shot because they didn't see them and they were behind their decoy. Mm. Just all, there's all kinds of bad scenarios. So safety, you know, always, always be safe, especially if you're hunting public. Um, One of the best things you can do is bring blaze orange with you. So whether it just be a blaze orange cap a blaze orange vest or something, you know, obviously don't wear it when you're turkey hunting because turkeys can see color. But maybe so when you, so you're saying walking to and from the stand. Yeah. If not, if not too, because typically, you know, you're going out in the morning when it's dark. Uh, so it should be before legal shooting light. Uh, but walking out, especially you want to, you know, you want to wear something that makes you stick out. So you don't accidentally end up being shot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another thing, you know, always, always stay alert. Uh, you know, keep your eyes out, keep your ears up. Uh, just don't, you know, if, if you see someone coming towards you, just, you know, give them a quick whistle or shout, say, Hey, I'm here. Or you can even meet up and talk with them real quick and, you know, kind of discuss where they're going to, you know, each other's going to hunt, just kind of be courteous as well. Um, and then probably another, well, another big thing is, so it's springtime, so you got all kinds of bugs and, you know, ticks, mm-hmm. yep. stuff stuff you don't want biting you. So, 
Or hanging on and riding home with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To treat your clothes with like permethrin. Um, you've got one. What do you got? One of those? Uh, what are they called, Titus? What the the, little, bu- the bugs? You, yeah, the thing you put take teal hunting with you. Or oh yeah, the um uh, thermosel. Thermosel, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, grab yeah, that'd a, be good to use, huh? Yeah, therm. I mean, you know, you're gonna have mosquitoes, especially later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that green grass and a little bit of water. Those bugs are they're coming yeah. alive. Yep. So, you know, watch out for that, especially because, you know, there's all kinds of diseases that ticks can cause. Oh, man. Uh, I know somebody. The one that won't let you eat meat. Well, my uh, a friend of mine has Lyme's, Lyme's disease, and they're blaming it for ticks, from ticks, when he would hunt all the time. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. That kind of yeah, freaks so, me out with ticks. That's every time I see a tick, I, I get freaked out because of that. Yep, exactly. And then... You know, also watch out for poison ivy, poison oak, poison sumac, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of general outdoor safety mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, all the gun safety tips and stuff like that. But right. well, I'm not going to yeah. go into that. <laughs> well, those are, no, those are great. Those are uh, um, great tips. I mean, like you said, I know you could deep dive and make probably each one of these a whole podcast in itself almost, but I appreciate you coming on here and making it simple for someone like me that you don't don't doesn't have the experience you know i know there's a lot of first timers which is a good thing it's great to see new people come into i mean i consider myself almost a first timer you know like really really trying to learn and i'm going to hopefully um get out a ton and do a lot of turkey hunting this year so um that's that's what i'm hoping to do now just out of curiosity's sake and kind of wrapping this podcast up um what turkey do you have in your area well, that's a, actually a great question. Uh, we actually have three of the subspecies here in Nebraska. So wow. on the east, yeah, on the eastern side, you've got the easterns. Okay. On the like the Panhandle of Nebraska, the western side of, of Nebraska, you got the Merriams. And then in the middle, like kind of south central Nebraska, and they're kind of just scattered throughout too. Is the Rios, the Rio oh. Grandes? Okay, because see, I know we have the Rios. Is ours yeah, a different variety than your Rios, or no? They're they're probably. I mean, they're if they're the Rios, they're going to be the same subspecies. Okay, I only know that because a friend that comes here every year and hunts. Um, he's from South Carolina, and he said the Rios. I thought he said we had one more, but I don't know which one it would be. But it might be Merriams up in the mountain area. I don't. That'd be my guess. Okay. Hmm. But see, we have uh, like all our Easterns. They aren't pure blood easterns uh now they, they've been hybridized with the merriams okay <laughs> so some of them you know they look more eastern but they're not they're not true easterns i guess if you want to get technical gotcha okay well anything else you want to leave the audience with or anybody listening uh yeah i guess go check out my channel guys if if uh you know, turkey hunting, duck hunting, fishing, whatever's up up your alley. Uh, help me beat Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. <laughs> We're in a race to 10,000 subscribers. So help me yeah. beat him. Hashtag beat Jordan. <laughs> Hashtag beat Jordan. You really, let that, you really let that fall off the bus this year, Matt. You should, you should have been doing that in all your videos. I know. <laughs> oh, man. you guys, I just cannot get over how I'm back and forth. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
it'll like one of us will get up like 60 or 70 and then the other one will catch up and then you know back and forth it's crazy i hope it does this all the way to 10 just because it's so fun to watch it bounce back and forth it's gonna end up in a tie that's my prediction like, can you imagine 10, hey if you guys are that close i'm gonna get on my computer and just watch it live i will sit there up all night just to see that That'd you be, should live stream that that would be cool man if you guys both live streamed <laughs> on your channels that'd be so cool but <laughs> probably lose all our subscribers <laughs> i know right well thanks matt for taking your evening and uh helping us out and helping us to learn and i hope you uh tear it up tear it up this turkey season looking forward to your videos yeah i'm looking forward to yours as well yeah can't wait to put them out <laughs> yeah getting see I'm, all the flyways collective turkey videos i know now see i wonder if elliot's gonna go he don't he's not really into it i can tell which I'm yeah. kind of, I would say I'm kind of like that too. It's definitely not even nowhere near close to duck hunting to me, but it's just it it fills that little void in my life that I need. It'll it'll grow on you. Just wait. I'm 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 I can see that, Matt. I can totally see that. So maybe it'll grow on Elliot too. Yeah, and I don't know if Thomas does Thomas turkey hunt. Uh, my uh, Thomas from Virginia. Yeah, I don't know if he does or not. That's a really good question, actually. Yeah, like I guess. I'm about to ask him that because it seemed like I'd seen something where he was talking about, it, but maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. I might have got that mixed up with yours or Jordan's, you know, yeah, post or something. Because Josh is going turkey hunting again, and Jordan definitely is. So we're gonna have four of us having turkey videos this year. Yeah, and I he didn't really do a whole used to do a whole lot either. Um, Josh, right? I think last year was his first turkey, if I remember right. Okay, so we're basically in the same kind of same boat. It seems like, I guess. Yeah, but, it, it's gonna be awesome to watch them all, though. It's gonna be. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Especially, probably even more for you, just because you're you've seen it longer. You're probably curious to see how it plays out for us too. I bet. Yeah, well, like I I watched all yours last year, and like the terrain you were hunting, just like you had and uh, uh, foul assassins, Johnny's. Mm-hmm. Like the terrain they were hunting in, just those mountains. Those are just so cool scenery. Like that'd it be is. awesome to turkey hunt in. Oh, you have to come out sometime. Come out and get this. <laughs> could I California bring my gun team. out there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They oh. you can fly. Oh yeah, huh? I don't know. You could bring your gun. I'll have to buy <laughs> ammo for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know it's actually easy flying with a gun, but easier than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, that'd be cool. You, I, I can't wait just for the fact that you're doing the twenty. I was actually going to try to do a twenty to um a 20 gauge uh hunt and that just depends on how good everything's going i guess if i ain't even got my first one i ain't gonna do it <laughs> but maybe yeah. if i get one down for my second because we can do three i'll probably yep i'll probably pull the 20 out and put the full in and see what i can do so all right well guys thanks for listening appreciate it and uh we'll see you on the next one